Hi guys. So um, now before we even get into this episode, let me just go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Erica Yurenki. I am a sophomore in the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. And I recently just joined Black Voices on the Hill as a co-host. And for those who might not know, those who are new here, Black Voices on the Hill is a podcast and it was created by Daniel James II. It's a podcast and radio show for the culture. We center around Black lives. We empower Black voices. We enhance the Black experience here at Cornell and not just Cornell, but um, Greater Ithaca and beyond. And Black Voices on the Hill ranges from topics like police brutality, um, colorism, sexism, Greek life, leadership, and white elitism in the Ivy League. And um, Black Boys on the Hill it envisions a Cornell that is sensitive to the flight of its Black students, aware of the Black experience. We love Black lives. We believe in Black lives at Cornell. We love the Black experience at Cornell. And Black Voices on the Hill is brought to you by WVBR News. To see one more new and upcoming episodes and for other Cornell and Ithaca News, follow WVBR News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit WVBRnews.com. Subscribe, leave a rating, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast FM, and tune in right here on WVBR 93.5 FM every single week. We air at 2 p.m. on Fridays and new episodes release via all podcasts and platforms the following Tuesday. Okay, and that, that was a mouthful, but anyways. Today, <laughs> today I have a very special guest with us today and I believe he's the definition of changing the world. He's amazing. He's a Cornell student just like I am. He's a sophomore. And, you know, from being a Cornell student to creating digital libraries and helping out those in need in the community, he is just amazing. And so without further ado, drum roll, please. <laughs> I present to you guys, Nathan, it's Iyasu, right? I don't want to butcher Perfect. your last name, Iyasu. So Nathan Iyasu, hello. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic thank you for the amazing introduction number one and i know that's a lot of you know a lot of things you've got to say it was, to, you know, <laughs> it was, it was. You. i know your job isn't easy but yeah thank you for having me i'm like so thankful for this opportunity and high praise high praise you know i'm getting there with changing the world but yeah okay. i appreciate you thank you thank you thank you for joining us today i had to i had to say all that because you know i had to let the people know who i am and why i'm here like because it's like ariana what are you doing here they're gonna be like who is she we don't know her but usually daniel james um hosts the podcast but you know i'm new so i just wanted to give a brief introduction it was a mouthful but you know here we are and so how are you doing today nathan tell us how are you feeling and while you're like while you're doing that tell us like a little bit more about yourself in terms of like where you come from like your cornell like where you are just tell us about yourself how you're feeling how you're doing let the people know let the family know of course of course um and i'm feeling i'm feeling great uh a little bit about me uh i'm from atlanta georgia um i'm a sophomore currently in and i'm studying industrial labor relations ILRE, and like just like ILRE, yes yeah, per. Uh-huh. a lot of reading writing they say ILR stands for i love reading um but yeah anyway so <laughs> about me yeah I mean these past couple of I'd say like the past five months has been like a pretty high time in my life um and there you know like I've just been you know coasting and just living life and just enjoying every moment of it um and you'll find out why in this interview I'm pretty sure but yeah um I'm doing great you know uh I mean yeah what can I say that's great glory be to God um, I'm thankful for you being here. And so I know we already kind of talked about a bit about like the Caleb Foundations. And but I also wanted you to go ahead and talk about 
like that as well like let the people know like what is the caleb foundations and just give them <clears throat> A brief or like a brief um overview of what of what it is and just so you guys know the Caleb foundations is a nonprofit organization that thrives on providing individuals and communities with the means and resources necessary in assisting them into their path to self-sufficiency and the main goal of this organization is to shine light on our community and on their community and the community's future and the mission of the caleb foundation is education medication food for all i did my research i came prepared yeah so, that's perfect you know that one <laughs> yeah so why don't you you know tell us a bit more about like the caleb foundations yeah erica came with her research i like that a lot i have to, um, I have to. So um, a little bit about the Cal Foundation, right? So uh, like Erica said, we're a nonprofit. We operate in both the US and Ethiopia. Um, but of course we have goals of expanding across Ethiopia and hopefully throughout East Africa and maybe one day throughout the whole continent. Um, but so a little bit about what we do. Our main vision is helping families in underprivileged circumstances, um, especially single mothers with children. Uh, and we do that through a number of ways, number of different uh, programs that we do. Uh, but it's all centered around helping families and mothers get on their feet so that they can sustain themselves long term. So, um, you know, we have some programs that support emergency situations in which, uh, the, you know, the mother can't provide because of a disability. And so we'll, we'll feed them every, every month with groceries. We'll pay for everything, their housing, all of that. We'll take care of that. Um, we also do, so some of the programs that we do to sustain the families, well, uh, you know, we'll do a seed fund initiative where we'll teach a mother um, how to run her own shop. We'll teach her a craft, like maybe making bread, or we'll start her up, right, with some money, and we'll teach her how to run her own shop in a community, and she'll get all of the income that she receives will go back to her, and at a certain point in time, when she gets enough income, we expect after the training and, all, and whatnot, for them to be able to run the business on their own. That's another thing that we do to help, you know, mothers get on their feet so that they can take care of their own families without our help in the long run. And we do a lot of, uh, my, my role as a board member is, uh, you know, running, running projects and education accessibility for the children. Right. Uh, and I'm privileged in my role because I feel as though education is the long-term solution to poverty. Um, if you want to break the generational cycle of poverty in communities where there isn't much opportunity and hope, education is the only way to do that. And so that's why I really cherish the role that I've been put in and, and the projects that I run. I feel like I'm really making a change. We're really making a change uh, with what we're doing. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about the Kelp Foundation. We do everything from taking care of emergency situations to, you know, building progressive long-term change in the future. So, yeah. I love that for you. I really do. Obviously, it's a very important, important organization. I love that. And I love like the change that you're creating in your community. Like I said, he's the definition of change in the world because who you know, who you know out here helping people in need in their community back home and actually like he is doing things hands on helping out his mother with her organization. I think that is so beautiful. And since you mentioned all of this, I want you to go ahead and tell us why or what exactly made you want to like get involved in the Caleb Foundation besides like wanting to create change and help others like what what are other factors that made you like actually want to get involved in the whole Kayla Foundation? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, well, first and foremost, you know, this is none of me. This is all God, man. Like 
I praise the Lord. I love that right. because there's there's only so much I can do. Uh, just you know, like I'm one human being, you know, and I'm not underestimating the power I have. But God is is you know a big reason why a lot of this stuff is successful. But a little bit about why I do what I do, and I think it's important to ask anyone who's who does great things why they do what they do because that's what's the most interesting part about the whole, you know, everything that people are doing. But for me, um, I was born, I was born in Atlanta or in Denver, but in the U.S. Right, and so. Uh, I, I've had the privilege of going back to Ethiopia twice during my childhood. Right. I went once when I was a kid, like a baby. So I don't really remember anything then, but I went again in 2014. And in 2014, I was old enough to sort of take in what I was seeing. And, you know, when you, when you go to Ethiopia, especially back then, 2014, you know, you see people, especially what touched me was when I saw people my age, when I saw people my age who were walking the streets barefoot, looking through trash to find something to eat. Or if I'm walking through the city, like I'll be walking with my parents and they're asking me for any change that I have and I have nothing to give them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like just, just seeing those kids in that position, seeing single mothers just sitting on the sidewalk, just nothing, they have nothing but shaking their hand full of change, trying to feed their children. And when you see that stuff, at least for me, you know, I was like, and you know, when I was a kid, I always, I was always interested in how the world worked. But to see that it was like, number one, two, two things really is number one, I have, you know, a great opportunity back home in the US where I live, where I have like a whole lot of things taking care of me. Like I have, you know, running water, I have a house, I have a bed to stay in, you know, all of that stuff. It makes you grateful for what you have. And it made me take things serious, things that I had here in the US, number one. Number two, I knew that whatever I did growing up, it would have to be in some way changing these people's lives and helping helping, helping these families, you know, because when you really think about it, these kids, they're, they're no different from me and you, Erica, like they, they were born into a situation that they could not control. And the only difference between me and me and them is, is luck is just, it's luck. And so how fair is it for me to be placed in the US and I see this and I go back to my home and just not do anything about it. When I know I have all of the resources in the US grant money, uh, you know, it just, uh, I, just people who can donate stuff, all of that, you have all of these resources back here. I couldn't just go back home and, you know, not do something for my people. And so after seeing that, I put a seed in my heart that, hey, you know, whatever I, whatever I do growing up is going to be helping these people's lives. And so that's why I do what I do. It was really that trip that changed. I think that's made me who I am. A big part of who I am is that trip. And so I came back to the U.S. and it wasn't until high school when I really started to get involved in what I do. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, um, that's why I do what I do. That's my inspiration. You know, it's crazy because the more we have, like, the more we're talking, I can just see how passionate you are about this. And it just makes me so like, I'm in awe of your passion and it just like goes to show how much you care and how much you love what you're doing. And I think that also adds to it, like seeing that the person is actually passionate about what they're doing. And it's, it's, you also mentioned that a lot of what you also said was like your own personal experience shaping your perspective and the fact that you were seeing people on the streets and like mothers in need like sort of inspired you to want to create that change and I think that is so beautiful so out of the Kayla Foundations from my understanding came a digital library which <laughs> that is that that's a you know what let me let me sip some water because that conversation <laughs> creating a digital library mm, that is big can you can you go ahead and please tell us a bit more about like the whole like 
the digital library. How did how did a whole digital digital library um, bring about like come from K the Kayla Foundation? Yeah, so um, the library. Yeah, so let me give a little bit of background. So it was you know COVID hit a couple years ago, and so I was kind of sidelined in terms of what I could do uh, as you know as a board member. And so uh, when COVID started to die down in 2021 a little bit, and I had you know more of an opportunity to get out there and do something uh you know me and my mom were having a conversation about what's the bit like the next big thing that we could do for education for the kids that we support and not only that like the community in, in the capital of ethiopia and um you know some of the experience that my mom has had she helps me a lot because she was she she was raised there so yeah. she knows a little bit about the issues back there and and also i have some experience uh, i went back again in 2019 for a, a smaller project that i did but while I was there, I realized that technology is not a it's not a given thing, especially for, you know, children, uh, you know, you know, students who are trying to go to college, high school, they technology is not even there's barely even books available. Right. right. So we, we came up with the idea of a digital library. And I really like that idea, number one, because it wasn't a bandaid on the issue. We weren't just giving out school supplies and saying, hey, like, go use these. A right. digital library was going to be a project that could make sustainable change. Uh, that would last, you know, for as long as the life of the devices, and it would send some of these kids to higher education. And that's a big deal, because when you get people to college, uh, you know, they can really change the, the, the future of their families. So right. we're like, you know, this is this is a good project that's going to make real change. So uh, we started that in 2021, March 2021, the idea came about. And so I was still in high school at the time. So I ran a technology drives where students donated um any device that they may have had that they don't use anymore for points at their club so i set up a box in the school and then you know the students would drop them off and anytime i'd get a donation i'd take it back to my my house uh, and secure all the devices in my house and at the end of the year i think we had or at the end of the school year i think it collected around like 10 devices between laptops and phones um and tablets uh but we also got some donations from um some you know willing donors i used to work at a math tutoring sp uh, spot uh and the my boss Ms. Mila, she was willing to donate me uh five good condition lenovo laptops they were like some of the nicest ones we got so right. i'm really grateful for her number one and number two um we know this professor at fordham university who donated um four pcs uh so that was a that was also a substantial donation but once you get that right we have the resources um, now we wanted to raise some money, uh, and we also needed clearance from the government to get the devices into the country. Mm. So, uh, that took some time, you know, fundraising is not easy. I was learning how to grant write throughout my freshman year. It, you know, it's, it, I took a lot of time doing that. Like anytime I wasn't working on schoolwork, I was working on grant writing and grant writing isn't easy if you have no experience doing it. Like people, that's a full-time job for people because you only win about like 10%. And if you're not experienced, you know, you're probably not going to win any. So that was tough. I won all of the ones that I applied for in Cornell. Thanks, thanks to God. Um, but anything outside of that, it was it was it was tough sledding. Uh, but we also ran some fundraisers on Facebook, and we were able to you know get some funds through there. And I think the biggest blockade was the Ethiopian government. Uh, there was a conflict going on, and it's kind of still ongoing. Uh, but the government was very uh, hesitant about letting things into the country, um, and so we were trying to get our devices cleared for tax-free shipping. Because tax paying tax on the on a device is going to be really expensive, 
uh, but that took too long. It, it was taking a it, it was taking a, a while, and so we actually ended up just stuffing the devices we had in our bags. Like once we had enough money to go, um, and we knew we had enough funds to actually make this a real thing, we we're like you know because we waiting on the government. The government's going to take forever, so we just threw it in our in our luggage, um, and it was crazy because we got to Ethiopia and. You know, I don't know if you know, but African airports are like really, really secure. They don't play. Right. So we we ran our bags through the security and they like, oh my goodness, like there's like 10 laptops in the on, in these bags. Like what is going on? And right. like they stop us and they're like asking us, like questioning us. And this is where my privilege comes in because I'm an American. So I'm like, oh, I, I'm talking to them in English to show like I'm I'm not here on some. You, you knew what you had to do. He yeah, said. exactly. So I explained to them, I showed them, hey, like, this is what we're doing. And thanks to God, they let us go because that is a rare occurrence. Honestly, we should have been stopped and they should have took our stuff. But thanks to God, they let us go through. And that's um, God right there. Exactly. That's that's the part where I'm saying, like, I can't I can't make that up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so we got the devices to, you know, our home. And now it's like we're ready to go. So another thing where, you know, another part where the favor of God comes in is originally when we got to Ethiopia, the plan was to just build the library in an existing room in our facility. And we have a small facility, so it would have been tough. And we, we were going to buy the tables, the chairs, and all of that. But once we got to Ethiopia, it turns out that there's a youth facility in Ethiopia that uh, in the capital, Addis Ababa. And um, they actually tried to start a digital library, but they didn't have the necessary resources uh, to create that library. And so they had government funding and all of that for the library, but they couldn't make it happen. And so when we found out uh, from our country representative who lived near the youth facility, he found out about that and he let us know. Uh, he referred, referred us to them. And so we met up with them and said, hey, you know, we have these devices and you guys have, you know, the location where all the students are and you guys have the tables, the chairs. We just need a room and we can make a long term. Exactly. We can make this a long term partnership. And that's another part where it's like the favor of God. Like I, I can't make that up either because I'm, I'm an, I'm a, I'm an American kid. You know, like I come to Ethiopia, I have no leverage with anybody. Um, so the fact that that, uh, that, that just fell in our hands. And so it was when you see that, you see this, this, this is why I'm so grateful to do what I do, right? Because when you see that, it, it makes you sit down and it's like, this is meant to be. Because because. Because like, who would have known? Who who know? Who knew? Like the perfect like because you're like you live in America and they're from Ethiopia. Like you had no idea of knowing if it wasn't God or like yeah exactly exactly. Was, and you spend yeah. you spend uh you know I spent a year and a half working on that on mm -hmm. this project and when it's coming together like this like this seamlessly it I cried a couple of times while I was in while I was in the country I can't lie because it was just like there's no way this is happening. Like I spent a year and a half making something that was just an idea come true. And I get here and it's all just falling into place. And I like, I know it's not me. It's not because of me. It's just because like God is good. And so, um, yeah, we had, we had discussions with the government officials and they, you know, they were also very willing thanks to them, you know, cause they could have easily said, Hey, like, this is not something we want, you know, just because just out of spite, but they sat there and they listened to us and they said, Hey, we like this idea. We like what you're doing. And they supported us, um, and so we were able to get it done. We brought the devices into the into the facility. We set them up. Uh, we bought all the necessary supplies. Me and my mom. We had two weeks in in the country, so every day it was tough because all our families trying to hang out with us. But every day, me and my mom leaving the house early, 
going and you know looking for the supplies we need talking to people uh you know doing everything that we needed to do and you know my mom is my biggest teammate i'm so grateful for her that's my best friend and so we were able to somehow make it happen and uh now it's actually i just got word a couple of days ago that the library is now up and running i know me and you last time we talked yeah uh, i told you that there was some electric issues in the room but it is now up and running and kids are in there using it i'm trying to get photos of it uh you know they they, they really the time difference is, is been an issue but it is up and running thanks thanks to god and it's great that's great I, now it's a success now we can say <laughs> okay we're gonna save save the tea for later because we're going to talk about impact later but right now i wanted to get into and i was going to ask you about challenges but you kind of already touched base on that like with the whole government and trying to like enter the country and all of that stuff so right now i wanted to talk about in terms of help like what helped you like besides your mom like the help you got if any how did that like support you through the process because I think that like when you're creating something it's important to know and acknowledge the people and the things that have helped you along the way so yeah tell us a little bit about that yeah uh well I'll start like from the top right so from the top you know you have an idea and I think this is where friends are really important right so a lot of people have ideas uh but the difference between great people and you know ordinary people is number one the support system around you mm. and uh you know your your initiative your perseverance right and so i'm blessed because i have a great group of friends back home and you know i come up with ideas and it's up to them to really build me up or tear me down and first and foremost i have to thank my support group back home uh, uh you know like they're I come up with these ideas and they're like, hey, that's a great idea. And they support me and they, you know, they help me to feel confident in myself for what I'm doing. So number one, thanks to them. Uh, and secondly, the my my high school teachers, um, they, they, they were very supportive when I ran the technology drive. Uh, I have to, you know, give them a great thanks. Uh, when I got to Cornell, um, a big piece of what I got with with the grant money, I knew um, she she's since graduated now. She was a senior last year. She's also from Atlanta and is also Ethiopian. Her name is Candace. She's really well known in the Cornell community. She's she's made a huge impact here. And she knew about what I was trying to do. And she actually worked in the office where they administered the grants. So she helped me out with that big time. Uh, big thanks to Candace. Giving uh, connections and connections. Exactly, exactly. But it, you know, a lot of this is not me. This is, uh, you know, where like, this is like out of my hands. This is God. And so um, Candace helped big time. Uh, let me think. So second semester of freshman year, I ran a book drive to supplement the technology drive to get some more resources into the country. And um, I have to give a special thanks to the high school students who uh, ran the, the drive um, in their high schools. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Kiti, who did it at Consul High School, Amani at Parkview, and um, who else did the book? There's another one I'm forgetting. Oh, Mnet, that's my cousin. She did it at Brookwood, Brookwood High School. Uh, and she actually, Mnet is the one who started, she came up with the idea for the book drive. That was in me. You see, this is, this is you know, like, <laughs> that's a big, that's a big uh, piece. Yeah, thank you, Mnet. Um, she's a great person. She's a leader. And I'm so grateful to have her in my life. Uh, she's another big piece of why we got uh, this done. And uh, after that, you know, once we get to Ethiopia, it's like family and uh, the government officials, all of that. Uh, everyone was really supportive of everything. We also had uh, this woman who volunteered for us really the whole time. And she was walking around with us in Ethiopia, just helping us with everything. Her name is Enadam. 
She had the same name as my mom, which is crazy. But she was volunteering with us for free of charge. And she's a big piece of why we got it done. I have a photo with her. I'm planning on posting it on the page soon uh, on our nonprofit page. But yeah, anyway, that is some of the support that we got along the way. It it they say um there's a saying um if you if you want to do something fast, you do it by yourself. But if you want to go far, you do it with a team. Mm. Um, and that's a big piece of what I learned, uh, especially with the government helping us out, the youth uh, the youth facility working with us. Uh, if it weren't for them, we could have gotten it done quick and easy on our own. Right. But it's going to be long lasting because they have the students in place and and all the resources necessary to really make this a real thing. And so uh, so is the team that helped me to get to this point. So, yeah, that's a word right there. He said, if you want to go faster, go by yourself. But if you want to go further, wait, can you repeat that? <laughs> that right. That's right. Exactly. If you want to go further, you go with the team. There you go. Right. Right. Yeah. OK, so tell us. What does the Kayla Foundations and the Digital Library, what does that look like in Ithaca? Because you're here at Cornell, you're in Ithaca. So what is that looking like while you're here? Uh, the, the library in, in, in Ethiopia, what does it look like from here? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, when you come back here and you look, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, sometimes when you just sit down and it's, I, I just remember, you know, like last year, freshman year, when I was working on it in my dorm, you know, Friday nights I'd spend, you know, working on a grant, grant, um, and like, just looking, looking back at that now, it, I'd say from, you know, from Ithaca, like, do you mean like, what does it mean for like Cornell students? Or do you mean like, what does it mean to me? What does it mean to you? Like, what are, like, in terms of like, as you're in Ithaca, how is, how are things going on there? Like, Uh. yeah, like, what are you doing here? in Ithaca for the like things happen in, in, in Ethiopia. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was talking more like, okay, okay. So <laughs> in, that, in that sense, <laughs> in that sense, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Um, as of right now, we're kind of, we're, we're working on getting, uh, you know, more additional funding for the library, mm-hmm. like just in case something gets broken or, um, you know, something, something goes wrong. Uh, we're trying to get more money behind the library. Number mm-hmm. one, Number two is monitoring and getting uh, information back about how many students are using the library um, so that we can track the impact of the library, which is very important when you wanna uh, go and try and build more. You need to have a reason for why you're doing what you're doing. And this library is almost like a test run on the community to see, hey, how many kids are you know actually accessing this? How many kids are in high school, in college, and how many of them are gonna graduate because they use these devices? So we're trying to cr- tra- track that um, and I have a system in place. I sent a, a sheet to the this woman who's running the library um, so that she can track the students who are using the library. Uh, number two, and, and I think lastly is long-term, we're trying to build, I think two, two or three more, at least while I'm in college, that's my vision. I wanna get hopefully two more done, uh, which it's gonna be hard, um, but you know, I'm aiming high and hopefully I'll you know, land somewhere among the, the stars, but- um, Exactly. So, um, we're, yeah, and we have the blueprint because we, we, we did one. And so now you know how, how what it took to get that one done. Right, right. You, can, you can open up a second and third one. And also, we did a lot of good things with the press while we were there. And a lot of people heard about what we were doing. And some of the youth, uh, youth recreation centers around the capital have reached out to us and said, hey, like, we want that same thing, too, in our, in our community. Can you work with us? And so now that the, you know, the, the, the wall, the barrier has been broken 
Um, and so we can start to really make this a common occurrence around the capital. Another thing that I forgot to mention, this library was, and I didn't know this, but it was the first digital library ever created in the 113 youth administrations across uh, Addis Ababa. And that just goes to show, number one, the need mm -hmm. for digital devices um, for students in the capital. Um, you can't ask someone to make something of themselves in a dark room. You know, we have to give them some sort of light, some sort of hope. And these devices is what we hope to be that, that, that spark that can really change some of the, the lives of these kids. So that's why we're trying to open up more. Um, that's why I mentioned that uh, piece. But yeah, that's great. That's that's amazing. It's, it truly is great. And I know the I'm sure people are, are going to want to know what has been the impact so far. How have things been successful? Give us the tea. Give us the juice. What has been going on? How are kids? How how, how have the kids been impacted by the digital library, by the killer foundations? Like just give us all the tea and all the juice about what has happened so far. Yeah. So, I mean, with 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 the Kale Foundation overall, uh, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but a little bit about our impact. We have, I think, over the course of the nonprofit's lifetime, we've helped we've helped uh, uh, you know thousands of kids right. um, in terms of just feeding them, giving them a place to stay uh, while their mom's going to work. We've helped thousands of kids, and we've also helped uh, around I think around twenty kids graduate from uh, high school, and I think around six graduate from college. And uh, I think this, the college number is, you know, that's soon to grow, especially with this library. Um, but we're trying, you know, a lot of the kids that we help are young. So that's why the numbers are pretty small. They're like, you know, kids, they're like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, around that, around that age. And so they're still growing. Um, but a lot of them, we're helping a lot of them. You know, we, we you know, help give them uh, clothes uh, when they go to school, school supplies. Um, and a little bit about the impact of the library. So like I said, the library recently launched, um, but just a little bit of prospects for the library. The library is located in the location where um, a lot of kids, there's a lot of kids who go there to study. Uh, my brother filmed a documentary while we were there and I, he's been busy, busy with school, but sooner or later, we're gonna release a documentary. And in that documentary, you see you know, kids learning in that, in that youth administration center uh, where we built the library. A lot of them, they go there to study but they, there's no devices in the room and there's barely any books available for them to use. We recorded the library that they have and it's like barely anything. There's not many options, uh, not many textbooks. And with the book drive that we ran, we got a ton of textbooks. Mm -hmm. And like, this is, this is part of the impact that's soon to come. Uh, a big issue is getting the books into the country uh, because we, we'd have to fly again. We, couldn't, we, we just couldn't fit the, the books in our bags. And so either the country is going to have to give us clearance, which might be a little bit easier now that we started a library, right. um, but we're going to have to get them in somehow. Uh, but that's a little bit about the impact of the library. And soon to come, there's going to be numbers where we can report, you know, hey, this may kids use the library this month. And this is what it's going to look like moving forward. That's great. That's good. And I feel like now that you guys have sort of started things, it might just make things a bit easier going forward in terms of like, like making more of the libraries and like bringing stuff in because they've seen that, hey, like these people are actually the real deal. So yeah. So like just coming on to the end of this conversation, what are ways that other people can get involved? I wanted to give um, like give us a chance and give you a chance to just talk about ways that people who might want to get involved can get involved. Um, and how, how can people learn from your experience and from this conversation? Right, great question. Um, so number one, 
um, how you can get involved. Uh, whoa, a lot of a lot of one way you can get involved is um, number one, follow us on on social media. We're trying to kind of grow our social media presence so people know about what we're doing. Um, so I'll plug that Caleb Foundation, Caleb Foundation, save lives on Instagram. And it's going to like that. Away, but since you're saying it now, let's 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 make sure we <laughs> let's make sure it's known. Right. Caleb Foundation, save lives on Instagram. We post about everything we're doing on there. Um, and that's one way. So you repost, like uh, all of that stuff, just show support on what we're doing. Number two, if you're in an organization uh, on campus or you know an organization that is able to help through funding, um, you know, number one, you can reach out to, you can DM the Cal Foundation account and ask, hey, like I have this organization on campus. Uh, we're looking to run a service project and we want to help you guys. How can we help? And, you know, we have a lot of things that we want to do. And one thing with clubs is they have, they have people. And right. if you have a lot of people, you can pull together a lot of things and you can, you can really do something with that. And so if you, you can, you can either take a project onto your own hands and run uh, under our foundation for our kids, number one, um, or you can find an organization that you know and is willing to donate. Uh, you can donate yourself uh, on our, uh, go, do, do, do we have, we're on global giving um, number, we're on global giving. Uh, which is a website where, you know, foundations post what they do and ask for funding. Um, you can find us there. Uh, we should have a, a link in our bio for you to donate if you want, or you can just DM us and reach out and say, hey, I, I'd like to donate. Where can I do that? And we okay. can send you the necessary info. And uh, for the second part of your question, what can anyone take out of this? Um, I'd say the biggest thing, and the reason why I talk about what I do, um, and I do this for the sole purpose, because I feel like a lot of times I might, if, I only I only talk about what I do for the purpose of other people being inspired and motivated to do whatever it is they want to do, right? Um, and so number one, I'd say is never underestimate the power you have as just an individual. Right? Preach, preach. Right? Because a lot of the issues that you see are, you know, they, they can seem, they can be intimidating. It can feel like, oh, there's no way that's going to change. Right. There's no way. There's, what can I do? Like, I can only, I can only do so much. Yeah. And while I understand that feeling, you're, you live, you live one life. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, what is, what is, what is my legacy? You know, what am I doing to change the world around me? And, you know, ask yourself, you know, ask yourself these questions and, and it'll empower yourself to want to go out and, you know, make a change. And so, you know, whether, if you see a problem back home, you know, go look for an organization that you can volunteer with. Uh, go give, you know, reciprocate ideas to people in position. Try to put yourself in a position to make change. Right. Uh, you know, if you see it, especially here in the U.S., you know, there's a lot of the, a lot of ways people can just make impact. Impact doesn't have to be uh, some huge big thing. It can also just be spending every Sunday at, at uh, you know, you know, volunteering with a nonprofit in 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 the, in the city. Or you can you can spend time volunteering at a soup kitchen. That's impact too. You know, just talking with people. You know, like getting out there. Impact is any whatever you want it to mean. And I say that I say that number one, don't ever underestimate what you can do as one person. And um, I, I be that's that's the main takeaway. Uh, you know, you can do anything in this world so long as you put your mind to it and you stick with it and you you trust yourself and believe yourself to you know get it done. 
Um, so that's the biggest takeaway that I want people to get out of this conversation. Oh, I love that. I really do. I do. I think you're amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing and you're creating change. And like you said, people don't underestimate your power. Get involved in ways you can. If you see an issue and you see like a problem, try to get involved and try to create change in your own way. I feel like everyone has something to offer in some way. And some, some people don't realize like everyone, you have something to offer. You may not realize it now, but everybody has at least something, one thing to offer. And I feel like you should use that to advantage, figure out whatever that is and use it however you can so thank you so much nate um like he said check out um the kayla foundations on instagram at kayla foundation saves lives where you can find a direct link um to the website and you can find out more about the organization and its cause as well as an opportunity to give if you're led remember the word of god says give and it shall be given unto you amen and also if you have any more questions comments concerns feel free to reach out to nate on instagram at nathan yasu that's n8 hn1818 so nahn1818 on instagram yes i remembered your your username listen the plant plants in the seed and also to see um when and more new and upcoming episodes of black voices on the hill um and for other cornell and ethical news follow black voices on the hill at instagram um, on twitter wbbr news on instagram twitter and facebook or visit wbbr.com slash black voices on the hill subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. Um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast FM, or tune in right here on WVBR 93.5 FM every Friday on 12 p.m. And episodes released on all pa- podcasts and platforms the following Tuesday, where you can listen as you're walking to class, eating, working out, or whatever you're doing. And thank you so much for having me. Once again, I'm your host, Erica. And to keep up with me, because I do have an Instagram, okay? Um, it's at, it's Erica2003. That's I-T-S-E-R-I-C-A 2003. And we'll see you guys on the next episode episode and shout out to Fate Schultz, which um, who's one of our executive producers. And thank you guys so much and peace out family. Didn't y'all enjoy that episode? I hope you did. To see what more new and upcoming episodes of Black Voices on the Hill for other Cornella Ithka news, follow us at Black Voices on the Hill on Instagram, Twitter, follow WVBR FM News on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or visit us at wvbr.com slash black voices subscribe on apple google spotify overcast and tune in right here on wvbr 93.5 fm don't turn that dial we'll see you next week everybody shout out to my executive producer miss faith show peace out family